Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Fantastic. Uh, I'm doing just absolutely sensational, Metcalf. I'm really excited for this one. How are you doing, sir? How are we holding up? Just living the dream day by day. NBA season's right around the corner. College is, you know, coming soon after that. International play has been just an absolute delight. Um, yeah, just couldn't ask for for a, a better time of the year it's beautiful i mean i can't believe what we got five days until nba opening night i'm just pumped out of my mind for that and uh gosh it is unbelievable how close college hoops is to being here i'm having a great time talking about prospects with everyone and i'm i'm having a very very good time with the no ceilings crew just pumping out content it's been on fire so hats off to uh, our team but I'm I'm pumped for this one, Metcalf. I'm doing good. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, and like you said, no ceilings. Ton of content recently. Um, highly, highly recommend people going and checking out the interview that Maxwell did with Milo Suzan. Yes, um, one of our favorite returners this year. I think a guy who definitely could challenge for being the best point guard in this draft. Um, come June, very exciting. Really great interview. Really great written piece to accompany that. So check out the pod. Check out the written piece on noceilingsnba.com. Uh, hundred percent free. Just go check it out and subscribe while you're there um all right well we're gonna have a little fun you know plant our flag on some prospects today uh one of the you know more lighthearted, fun things about the draft community is being able to claim guys as oh that that's my guy i i was you know it, it's the the hipster mindset of <laughs> i like that way before it was cool i like that <laughs> prospect before you guys like that prospect look at me um so we're gonna try not to be that pretentious about it but we're gonna kind of run through five or so guys in this class that we're really, 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 really excited about to start the season and that we might have a little higher than some other outlets. And just because we're high on them now does not mean that we will remain high on them throughout the season or that everyone else won't catch up because the odds are they will. Um, so Rucker, I'm going to let you start. Okay. Who do you go with? Um, I'm going to start with a guy that I'm, I keep pumping as just, I'm absolutely in love with it. It feels wrong if i don't mention stefan castle first i just adore his game i adore the upside i adore everything i've heard from those practices to start the year i adore the fit too metcalf we always talk about yes. the draft as really important with fit when it comes to getting selected to nba teams i think the fit as incoming freshmen on certain college teams is just as important when you're talking about reaching that potential or, or really elevating your game and i think Castle has all of the pieces around him to really send a statement um, this year when it comes to his stock at the next level. I, I think there's some people out there that have talked to me that a little lower on his, you know, ceiling, if you want to put it that way. But I, I, I see a tough six, six guard with bundles of potential all over the place and skills. And I just really think this is a dangerous player. And um, I forget who, put it out but someone that i really respect on the line put out that castle's defense was really standing out oh, at their practices which is very exciting i think it might have been john rothstein and, and maxwell pointed it out to us so um that's another area where if all of a sudden you're hearing that praise when it comes to the defensive side of the ball i already know what he can do offensively and i'm very excited about that so if the defense is 
taking it up to another level. And I think that's something we have to realize too, is like an incoming freshman coming to that team. He's probably realizing I got to defend my butt off or I'm not going to be on the court. They have a plenty of people. So I'm just excited to see what he can do this year. And I, I think this is a potential top five pick. I, I really do. I think he's got the tools to be um, an absolute stud in this class. Yeah. So ju- just running through some of his synergy numbers with Atlanta Express uh, from last summer, um, going with that instead of the high school stuff, just because sample size is a lot larger. Right. right. Um, so pick and roll ball handler, 84th percentile, transition, 62nd percentile, spot up, 84th percentile, isolation, 70th percentile, um, all jump shots, 44th percentile, not great, but shooting not off great. the catch, 68th percentile, dribble jumpers, 35th percentile, where he shot just 21.1%. Right. Room for improvement, but I think kind of what really stands out in there is the pick and roll efficiency and at his size, like you mentioned, I think six, six, correct. Yes. Um, big dude. And he just, he knows how to use his body in the pick and roll where he puts guys in jail. He seals them off. He does an awesome job of snaking through traffic, staying really composed. Just one of these rare freshmen who just tends to play at his own speed. And in that pick and roll with Donovan Klingon, um, get healthy soon, Donovan that just two man game has the potential to be extraordinarily fun. But then you throw in the off ball shooters of Tristan Newton and Alex Caravan and Cam Spencer. And it's like, Oh my God, this dude could average damn near 10 assists a game. I mean, I think that's what I'm trying to get at with him is when I'm evaluating high school prospects or incoming freshmen, the first thing I'm trying to do is say like, well, where do you hang your hat? What do you do good? What what is your potential NBA skill? And for a six six guard to be such a potential dangerous playmaker out of the pick and roll, that mm-hmm. efficiency, and like I've seen that in his high school film. Even I, I love how you go off of the other stuff because there is more of a sample size. But he's leaning on that, which, like you said, like okay, he's going to be running a pick and roll with Donovan Klingon. If you clash down on Klingon, now all of a sudden he has the potential to throw it out to Caravan or Spencer for yeah. wide open threes. He's got weapons all over the place. UConn's going to be a really tough team to deal with this year. Um, it's just going to be a really fun year. And I think Castle's going to be a fantastic prospect that I would not get too caught up on the numbers with him. I would get caught up on the tape because I think there's so many mouths to feed with that team. Someone's going to be putting up numbers each night. It might not be him every single game, but you know if he if he's showing that pick and roll ability, if he shows that the isolation abilities take another step up, if he's showing the ability to score, we got a really dangerous player at six six that has a high feel for the game. So I'm just a big fan. Okay, um, so you, you, do you, do you think he could he legitimately can challenge for the number one spot or kind of more of that top five range? And then I know you hate doing this. Give me a pro comp. I don't like a pro comp. Um, I feel I, like guess what? I don't care. No, I mean, I I think he actually it would not shock me if he's challenged for one. A lot of things will have to go right out what, of the gate. Like what? I think the defense would have to be possessed, which we got a little teaser of that. But if the defense is legit and he's just a six six combo guard playing high level defense, that is also a fantastic playmaker and 
the shots trending in the right direction, you're checking a lot of boxes very quickly. Um, there's some Joe Johnson with his game. Um, shout Ooh. out Nathaniel. He's, he's messaged me about like talking about some prospects this year. I love the work he does. Um, and he was like, Hey, little Joe Johnson. I was like, yeah. And someone's brought up Joe Johnson to me before, but I was like, I think we might be talking Joe Johnson with ball handling playmaking ability as like a guard, a floor general and Joe Johnson. I love Joe Johnson. Like just the way he could be smothering him and he could still give you buckets. I don't like throwing Cade Cunningham around because it's the number one pick. It's one of the top prospect consensus, but I'm just saying that type of style where it's like plus size ball handler with a little bit of wiggle. Um, I just Castle's just been one of those guys. I feel so good going into this year of being like, I will, I'll bet my, I'll put the chips at the mid center of the table for Stefan Castle. And if I'm wrong, then Hey, it's preseason. Like we're doing a my guys episode in the preseason. A lot of stuff's going to change, but nope, I just have, have loved what I've seen. We have to oh, be correct. That's okay. There, there's no room for error here. I feel uh, great about him <laughs> compared to a lot of these guys. I feel great about Castle, and maybe we're looking down the road and he goes seventh. I'll still feel pretty good about that. For sure. Okay. Um, Hit me with yours. Let's go. Enough. Enough me rambling. That's uh, your number he, one guy. He's someone that I've talked about a ton. I've written about him already this year. Uh, Jacoby Walter. Yes. Guard from Baylor. I just head over heels for him. Um, I just think he's the most well-rounded guard in this class right now. I have him two on my board. It wouldn't shock me if he went top three come draft time. Um, there are obviously plenty of roads where that doesn't happen. But I think the way that he defends, the way that he plays on and off ball, the playmaking, the scoring, um, the spot of shooting, the off ball movement, the running in transition, all of it is exactly what you want. And it wouldn't shock me if we see a Keontae George esque leap in his playmaking uh, this year at Baylor, because they demand a lot from their guards. And if you can't dribble pass and shoot and defend on that Baylor backcourt, a very crowded Baylor backcourt this year, you're not going to play. And I think he can do all of those things at a really high level. And I think he's going to be the best guard at that school. Okay, so hit me with because I'm drunk in love on Jacoby Walter too, and your piece was fantastic about him. But I want you to for everyone that's starting to get really excited about prospects because it's funny now, you know, being on Twitter, talking to people, texting around. Um, you can tell everyone's now like, okay, it's time to go. Let's let's start watching. Let's start talking about some players. But months ago, mm -hmm. me and you were talking about him, and we were intrigued with this high school stuff. Yeah, and then you told me you need to go watch this EYBL stuff for so everyone who hasn't done that tell me why because when when I went back and watched I said this is a completely different monster like tell everyone why that player is all of a sudden now you're like hey this could be a top three guy because we've said this before KOC was the first one to put a big board out there that was like Jacoby was mm -hmm. very high and we were like whoa and then you told me hey I went and watched his EYBL stuff he is a bad man on the court so yeah. like just tell everyone why and if they don't have that access to that well, what's such a different player that we might not because he was sunrise christian was, uh link he was, I'm he was sorry, link link, academy link. with uh uh cameron carr and yes, Elliot yes i'm sorry um, so at, at at link he was really just kind of like a three and d guard it was a lot of like kate contavious caldwell pope type play from him whereas you know a lot of spotting up and a lot of really high level defense with uh team trey young 
he was way more on the ball. It was way more Bradley Beal. It was way more Devin Booker. And I know those are really lofty names, but when we, you talk about a top three pick, that's kind of the realm that you're shooting for in terms of a player. So I'm just going to run through just his synergy numbers here in terms of play type. And what is so fascinating about this is that no matter how the volume shifted in these play types between Link and Team Trey Young, the efficiency was almost the exact same, um, which is really unheard of for most players, especially high school kids. So at Link Academy, uh, he's 28.1% of his possessions were spotting up, and he ranked in the 67th percentile. Uh, with Team Trey Young, that dropped to seven or 19.7% of his possessions, and he ranked in the 70th percentile. Um, as a pick-and-roll ball handler at Link, he only ran ran at 7.1% of the time, ranked in the 80th percentile. Team Trey Young, he ran at 16.3% of the time, ranked in the 88th percentile. Uh, Team Trey Young ran isolation 17.5% of the time, ranked in the 82nd percentile. At Link, ran isolation 6% of the time, ranked in the 61st percentile. Those are all really, really, really good synergy rankings. And the fact that he's just kind of effortlessly shifting between all of these different roles and responsibilities um, and seeing almost no drop-off in his efficiency and scoring versatility and capabilities is really just a unique attribute for a teenager. It's, it's very exciting. And I know everyone listening, you know, the, the biggest thing we've had about Jacoby is like, Hey, Baylor's going to have a really talented backcourt, but me and you always have kind of said, well, like the defense might keep him on the court, even if they want to go a little small and play him maybe at the three or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, like a lot of people were bad mouths in this class and we've seen like, it's so early. That's why I'm always like, just pump the brakes guys. Let's figure this out. Let's wait. Like there's international guys are starting to come alive right now that we're just so pumped about. We're probably going to talk about one. That's my wild prediction with this class or this episode. There's a lot of talent. And I think there's still a lot of questions with this incoming freshman class. But there's also a lot of ways where it could get swayed to be like, whoa, this got really fun in a hurry. So um, I think Jacoby's, you know, if we're seeing the EYBL stuff, that's another monster in this class. If we're seeing more towards a little bit of like the, okay, he's the three and D guy, maybe he's coming down a little bit. But we've seen versions of him in so many ways. So it's going to be exciting. Absolutely. Who you got next? Um. Metcalf, I'm I'm going, I'm going Tyrese Proctor. Okay, I'm doing it from Duke. I uh, can't stop fighting it. This is just a, I'm buying the flashes I saw at the end of last year at freshman when he was just like raw but starting to come alive. He did some stuff in the turn play um, where I was just like, oh man, you're starting to really feel yourself when it comes to being a basketball player offensively too. Defensive flashes I've loved. And then, yeah, I'm going crazy. I'm watching Duke scrimmages footage, and he just looks like a guy that's ready mentally to be like, this is the time. Challenges for Tyrese, though. Unbelievable incoming class of guards on that roster with Jared McCain, Caleb Foster. Got a really talented team. Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell. They have a lot of mouths to feed. But 
I just really am buying that Tyrese Proctor is going to be one of the top guards in this class. I think he's going to be a pit bull defensively. I think he's going to show a lot of improved confidence and having the potential to be a floor general this year. So just another guy where I'm like, I'm going to bet on Tyrese Proctor. He might not put up 20 a game, but I think he's going to be someone that evaluators like us, NBA scouts, NBA organizations are going to be very intrigued with his skill set. Yeah, and I he came on so strong down the stretch of last season where when he ended up pulling out of the draft, it kind of surprised me because I think he would have gone in first round. I had a first round yep. grade on him um, at that point. But, you know, we saw guys like Benedict Matherin and Jaden Ivey kind of do a similar thing, and they ended up going top 10. It wouldn't be shocking if we see Tyrese Proctor do that same thing. I, I'm not saying he's the same type of player as those guys, just examples of returners who then blow up as sophomores. Um, I have him six right now. I think he's just going to force Shire to play him as the main guy running that offense the vast majority of the time. Um, what I think is really kind of fun with him, though, is that he has proven that he can play on or off ball. Uh, I being historically just a ball dominant point guard and then ranking in the 53rd percentile and spot up scoring as a freshman in the ACC. That's pretty impressive. Um, so now sophomore year, you're incorporating that with guys like Jared McCain and Caleb Foster as well. That's where it's like, okay, I think we're going to see a lot of versatility from him, but his comfort level and overall effectiveness running the point and running the show I think it's going to be really impressive. And I think something that doesn't get talked about enough with him is how solid his defense was last year and how good he was away from the ball, where once his guy gave it up, I thought he had some of the best ball denial and screen navigation um, in the country, especially among freshmen. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that carries over into his sophomore year. Yeah. I mean, like freshman year, he's, I am um, correct me if I'm wrong, reclassified to join. I believe early. so. I believe that so. Sounds, um, that sounds right. But originally from Australia, 6'5". Freshman year, you look at his numbers, you're like, eh. He's like 9'3 three and 3 on 38, 32, 87. So you're like, uh, okay. But then just finishing in the year strong, like he had 10, um, almost 10, 3, and 5 with 1.2 steals in his last five games on 43, 42, 100. Um, and like had some impressive games before that. If you stretch it out even more, he was 11 points per game in his last nine with around five assists. So like, I'm just believing I'm a big believer of watching kind of the second half, almost like seeing how they were their first half of their freshman season, seeing what they did their second half. If you see improvements, that confidence is carrying into a full off season. If they're working their butt off, there's no reason why they shouldn't explode. We saw Jaden Ivy do it for Purdue. Um, I don't, I love when returners come back because you get to see quickly, like who's been putting yeah. in the work. And I think Proctor is going to be a guy, like you just said, they're going to have to have him on the court. I know they have so much talent on that team. Mm -hmm. And, and you've joked in previous episodes. I hope they somehow play a lineup with all three freshman guards. I, or, I mean, two freshman guards and Proctor, a sophomore. I think they can. I, I think I, they should. I, at they very should. least try it, especially try early it. in the year with yes. Filipowski and Mitchell. Why not? Why not? Give me McCain, Proctor, Foster, Mark Mitchell, and yes. Filipowski, and let's go to war. I'm I sorry for all the upperclassmen, but let's just I, go to I war. I need it so bad. Um, <laughs> sorry, um, if, sorry if you said it and I missed it. Where do you have Proctor? Um, I did not say it. Right now, I have him at seven. No. Oh. 
have him at six. So yeah, you kind of always... you, you hate Tyrese Proctor. <laughs> also, stop copying my board. Um, hit me with your next. Let's go. Um, again, another guy I've talked about a ton. Garway Duall. Can't yes. quit him. Won't quit him. I refuse to. Um, he just plays at a different speed than everyone else. And that composure, that ability to never be flustered or rushed, um, is really special. And then he just lulls defenders to sleep and then seemingly like teleports with his crossovers and spin moves and just explosive dribble moves and gets to a spot in the blink of an eye where it's shocking. Um, I desperately need him to show any sort of scoring instincts because I think the shot looks solid. Um, I, I think the mid-range pull-up looks really comfortable. The touch around the rim, I think, is solid. But he just never looks for his own shot because he's such a good playmaker and good defender. I love his game. I just need him to be a little more assertive when it comes to scoring. It's funny. Um, I've You're... You said this before we recorded, and you're spot on. Like I could have predicted your whole team probably <laughs> of your your guys, but it's funny because um, I I have to keep the streak going. Um, I saw a video of I think it was either Swiss Cultures League him. I love those guys, so shout out to those guys whoever posted it. But it was about Garway literally in Portland drink, and uh, <laughs> it was I remember the game. It was against the the Generals or whatever when they had that scrimmage and the trailblazers gym and oh it was just showing garway who highlights and i was just like oh man i forgot just how dominant he was on that court that day and it was all defensive throwing passes just attacking um there's a world in which he becomes a nightmare and we're all ready for it but there's also a world in which he's a very fun nightmare this year and then next year is the offensive offensive breakout I still think he's going to be such a damn good just player that scouts might be more pumped out of the mind about just his ability to impact winning plays and make those plays to be a, a, such an important piece that they might be like, we don't need him to average 20, you know, we don't need him to be averaging 15 a game. He's going to have games with three or four steals. He's going to have games with five or six assists. He, he's just going to probably do a little bit of everything. And um, I'm really pumped to watch him throughout the year. It's going to be one of those, like, I feel like with Garway, I'm going to watch the film and not care, not get too he's obsessed be one with of the, the guys, box score. He's going to be one of those guys where you kind of have to ignore the numbers. Um, just because he he's yeah. going to average five to seven points a game would be my guess. I would be shocked if he's in double digits scoring um, just because that would be pretty uncharacteristic. I don't think he's incapable of it. I just don't think he... It's something he looks for. Um, but I would imagine the assists are up around five a game. I would imagine the steals are between two and three a game. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's over a block a game too, just because of how long he is and how good his hands are. Um, I was so bummed when we were in Portland and like he just didn't even play in like the actual game um, yeah. after dominating in practice and scrimmages all week. That sucked. Um, but, oh well. I, I I've thrown out, I'm not, I'm not brave enough to say it on the pod yet, but I threw out a, uh, a a comp for him that was rather aggressive to you. A couple I have weeks one that ago. might I have one that might you you might get mad at, but Ooh, it, I'm exciting. talking about like the point of his impact. Um, Rondo, that's not bad. I'm talking about just like 
I'm not saying like, oh, he's going to be Rondo so, or he so can't Hulk shoot Hulk. ever. I'm saying just like Rondo, people, people forget a what a problem yeah. Rondo was with the Celtics. Like he was putting up box scores numbers where you're like, this is a video game box score when you're playing 2K on rookie. And I'm just saying with Garway, it could be like the, he makes that energy steal dive and gets an assist that just swings the momentum of a game. He's a good playmaker. He does stuff on film. Sometimes you watch yeah. where you just like, what the heck was that? Like, how did he do that? It's just the creativity, the upside, the just a really fun player to watch. And I know the name that you're thinking of, so we'll keep that in the <laughs> yeah. back burner, but I, I'm not ready to get torched for no, that. No, no, but he's but a like, really I, fun P, talent. It's could be like a Tyrese Proctor. This I could be, I like did, Proctor I did the right up. I did the write-up for him for our preseason guide and like a couple of the comps that I put down were like Shake Milton. Um, I think kind of that role um, is like a little more realistic outcome than the name I'm thinking of that if things start going well, I might get bold enough to throw out there. But but his defense, I think, is going to make him insane. even a high. And I'm not, this isn't a slander to Shake Milton. I'm just saying his defense is going to make you get in places where you're like this could be a lottery pick. I don't know if it's there this year. That's why I'm so excited to watch their first couple of games. Cause yeah. I'm just going to be like, let's see where you're at. Even with some of those games where it's like, you know, the early exhibitions and stuff. I just want to see how comfortable he looks. And what I was trying to say earlier about like comparing him to Tyrese Proctor is like, maybe it's a Proctor thing where like, he could be a first rounder this year mm-hmm. or he could return and potentially yeah. be a top 10 pick. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, for sure. All right. Who is your next one? Um, I'm going to go with a screw it. I guess I'm a Duke fan today. I'm going Jared McCain. I love Jared McCain. Absolutely. Love it. Just a guy that I'm buying as much. Seeing him in person, I was just like, this guy knows how to play basketball yeah. and he's going to be a damn good player for years and years to come. And I think he's just smart, intelligent. Um, I had, it's not the way that they are as prospects, but it's the feel and like, Watching him gives me Asar Thompson vibes of like, you would love to play basketball with these guys because if you're open, they're going to find you. If you're running the court, the ball is going to be heading your direction. The moment they get the rebound, like they're just going to be a joy to play with. And I think McCain's going to be one of those guys too. like, don't get caught up in the numbers, but front offices and NBA scouts might drool over just like, okay, he's a hockey assist guy. He's making the extra pass. He's, you know, unselfish with the ball in his hands. He's just a damn good player. And I think the shot I'm buying it. I think it's just a tough SOB. that's going to play good basketball this year. And um, yeah, I'm just buying it. Yeah. Uh, he, he was again, drink. One of the standouts in Portland. Um, yep. Incredibly charismatic, which shouldn't be shocking given his social media presence. Um, but what constantly stood out was how, good of a passer he was and just how effectively and easy he ran a pick and roll and then found those weak side corner shooters over and over and over again um that's why i desperately want duke to play this three guard lineup where you have either proctor or foster or mccain kicking out to each other because i think all of them are going to shoot it um i know mccain's raw shooting numbers weren't the most extraordinary thing in the world um 
but I think his form looks good. I think he has good touch. I buy him as a shooter long-term and then he's just a really solid defender too. But every time I watched him, I just kept coming away with, holy crap, this dude is such a good passer. And he's through high school. He played mostly combo guard, shooting guard type of roles, but at his size, and he's not the biggest guy on the court. I think he's listed at six, three. Um, he's not playing shooting guard in the NBA at six, three, but the fact that he's already showing these point guard skills and these playmaking skills and this ability to run the pick and roll outside of just that immediate two man game and find those, um, off ball shooters really consistently is really promising for how he can grow, um, and shift his game from being that shooting guard in high school to eventually taking more of that on ball role and being more of that primary ball handler in the NBA, you know, similar thing like we saw from Jamal Murray. Um, again, not saying he's going to be Jamal Murray, but when you're looking at Jared McCain, that's kind of the hope that you get for his trajectory and his development path. And I think we're kind of seeing a lot of signs of that. You know what he gives me um, Metcalf vibes of is Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And everyone's going to be like, well, you're not, you want to go draft Malcolm Brogdon in the top 10, but every single team would be like, man, I'd love to have Malcolm Brogdon. Just a smart player. That's like really knows how to play the game. And I think when I watch Jared McCain, I have a weakness for the guys that the floor is higher than maybe the ceiling mm-hmm. is suggesting. I think that a lot of times in the draft teams want to chase the guys that are like, man, they have a really high ceiling, but sometimes those teams that are really smart would be like, where's the high floor guys. Let's get those. Those guys well, are going to help think us we're play seeing, a long time. I think we're seeing more of a shift in yes. that kind of mindset in recent years too, where it's like, yeah, top 10, I'm willing to take a bigger swing on it because we that's where our team is now. But once you kind of get out of there, it's like, who's going to help us win? Who's right. going to help us take that next step forward? Jared McCain is probably one of those guys. Absolutely. Completely agree. Hit me with it. Who's third for you? <sighs> I am... Me and this guy have had a rocky relationship uh, over the last eight months. Um, Zachary Risa share. I'm all the way back in. All the way back in. I mean, you said it before we recorded it, and I was like, I haven't seen that look in your eye in a while. So um, for everyone, just you've been possessed. It's been fun. Um, you've been possessed with watching these international guys now, and I love that out of you because I can tell you're – when you get like something that's like, it's a thorn in your side, you're like, I got to figure this out now. And I feel like Zachary's been the one right now where you've just been texting me, like seeing some stuff. And I was like, uh Oh, Metcalf's hooked. And then I asked you before, I was like, by the way, before we record, what's up with Zachary? And you're just no, like, oh, so I'm good. back. Uh, you're like, I'm back. And I, was, <laughs> I looked at his box course cause I've been traveling and I, I didn't see the last couple stuff. I got to watch in the night. And I was like, well, he didn't blow up. So what did you see in the games? And you're just like, I'm back. I'm all in. I was like, okay. So, so what has changed for you? Because the limited stuff, uh, previous episode for those that didn't listen, like the limited stuff, I've asked a couple people around the league and they've also shifted their minds too of being like, oh no, he's looked great lately. And I'm like, uh oh, we got a very fun development if Zachary's back. Um, so what's shifted for you? Tell everyone. Um, he's stopped playing like a coward, uh, first and foremost, <laughs> to um, be polite. He's just not timid now. Yeah. He's, which he's, is he's, he's showing confidence wanted. and decisiveness. So yes. going back to last summer, when we, 
God, this is gonna be a roller coaster for fans listening. Um, so FIBA U17 woke up when we did the recap of that. He was one of the standouts and one of these guys where it's like, God, he's got really good size, really good defense, potential offensive versatility. Like, God, could this be like a Jason Tatum, Paul George type wing um in the 2024 draft? And then, you know, we saw him in uh Portland drink, and drink. he was kind of timid and shy, but it's like, okay, kind of fish out of water, language barrier, only guy. You know, he's not he didn't grow up with all everyone else there. I can kind of get that. They roll the ball out in the games, switch flips, and he's, you know, into it. It's like, okay, cool. Still wasn't good. Then we have FIBA this summer, and he's in the championship game go, scoring zero points and taking one shot. He was awful that tournament. He was passive, he was indecisive, it was rough. All of that is flipped in this season with Jail Borg. And Take the primary wing creator notion and just throw it out the window. It's not right. who he is. And if you keep trying to think of him like that, you're going to hate him because, <laughs> because the on-ball creation stuff, it isn't there. There are some nice passing flashes and whatnot, but that's not who he is. It, I would be shocked if that's who he grows into. If you instead think about him as a Jaden McDaniels, Mikhail Bridges type, you're going to fall in love because this dude is doing all of the connective stuff. He's being way more decisive in his off-ball attacks. Um, the shot off the catch looks insanely quicker than it did four months ago. Um, he's not afraid of contact uh, contact attacking the rim. Um, he's kind of combining dribble moves and attacking closeouts. He's being connective with his passing and decisive, running out in transition. And then the defense is damn near elite on a nightly basis um his off ball stuff is really on point with his timing and rotations the on ball he does get blown past pretty regularly but they're also throwing him on opposing point guards so there is that quickness barrier where he's just naturally going to be slower but he never quits on the play and his length constantly allows him to get back into it so when you think of him as a three and D type guy, a guy who could, you know, potentially grow into that second side creator, that tertiary creator. That's where it's like, Oh, there's a lot of fun stuff here. And then you just, the defense is incredibly good every single night. Okay. Zach wants to know, you got We got some fans making a lot of comments. Thank <laughs> you for everyone, by the way. Um, we're still getting used to, to doing all the, live stuff but there's a lot of comments that i was just trying to read through <laughs> so um zach wants to know i need to know where uh metcalf's got him on on his board uh he's he's up to 10 for me um right now so Ooh. all right i felt aggressive yeah. moving him up from 28 to 24 <laughs> <laughs> and and two months ago i had him at like 34 um because i was that his fiba stuff this summer was that bad where he was fouling a lot. There's nothing on offense. It's like, oh my God, is this dude soft? Is he undisciplined? Is he, does he have zero confidence? And all of that has shifted. So I have him at 10. Could drop, you know, things can always change. A lot of basketball left to be played. Wouldn't shock me if he kind of goes up and some of the guys that I, you know, and taking an optimistic view on um, that I have above him right now fall off. It, it wouldn't be surprising if he ended up a couple spots higher. Well, I mean, you're not, you're not crazy. And this is why we're always saying pump the brakes on overreaction. And this is also why we're saying like pump the brakes on not getting too caught up on 
you know, four months ago. And it's funny because um, you go back and some someone that I talked to all the time had like a, a post previously talking about like, man, this is crazy. Look at this preseason mock draft from five years ago. And there's like four names that are in the top or there's like six names in the top 10 that didn't even go anywhere around there. And it's like, yeah, yeah we're trying to project something without a full season of basketball and development and seeing what can happen go on. There's so much movement every year. I mean, um, the year Keegan Murray goods drafted fourth, he wasn't even on most first round. You know, sometimes he was projected like 24th or stuff. I looked at no ceiling stuff. It was hilarious to look at some <laughs> of the names that we had projected early. And I was also proud of some of the names we had. Cause I was like, man, mm -hmm. it, the top 10 looked a lot better than I thought, but it's just, there's so much stuff that has to happen. And Zachary all of a sudden looks like the switch is flipped. So it would not shock me if he starts to climb a ton. Um, and someone even asked me like, what's, what's the name this year that no one's projecting right now that could be up in the top 10. I was like, there's a ton of them. That's why we love doing this because there's going to be four guys that shock us and just go up there. And Zachary could be a kind of an asterisk because he was projected five months ago to be a right, top 10 guy. He, and, he, he, he had the climb and then just yes. fell off and on his way back up. But we don't know. This is going to happen with a lot of guys. Melvin and Jink is another guy overseas. Impressant. There's a mm -hmm. lot. Nikola Topic, like a lot of guys. Article coming tomorrow. Article coming out tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. There's a lot of guys that are, are depressed. And I think Zachary's just like Metcalf's not the only one. I've asked around. Everyone's feeling the same way. They're like, no, some switched. Like, this is what we wanted to see. And that's what we love doing this. That's why we do this every year because it's so cool to see a prospect all of a sudden live up to what they were supposed to potentially be and you know big size wing with really good defensive chops and now all of a sudden he's playing aggressive that checks a lot of boxes in nba scouts hearts like that gets a lot of people excited yeah. so i think you're you're onto something for sure it would not be surprising to me if he starts climbing again okay who you got oh, man um i'm gonna go uh Metcalf, I talked about it earlier, and I, I can't. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Elliot Cadell. I'm okay. doubling down on the little guy. Um, I'm still hurting from the Kennedy Chandler experience, but I think <laughs> this is the year Elliot Cadell brings us back to the little guys. I know every doubt everyone's ever going to have about Cadell. He's small. He's listed at six foot, six one, which I think is very favorable, and someone got a little bit of a tip. I hoping he's actually six one. I know he's measured at some other places, six one, but um, I think the dude plays with the heart of a lion. I think he's going to potentially be the best playmaking guard in this class. Um, I think he's got great feel. I think he's got great burst. I think he's fearless. I think the shot's going to come around. It's just one of those things I'm going to bet on him. And the funniest thing is me and you talked about this before. Cause that's just like, I, I, I I'm in, I just don't know who's going to be in like, what's the team that's going to look at him and say, we <laughs> don't give a crap because he can play. He flat out can play. We don't care that the NBA's giving all these six, four plus floor generals that run the offense. Who's going to say, we don't care. Cause Ellie Cadeau can play basketball and make our team better. And I, I just think that's going to be 
a really fun case study this year when it comes to the NBA. Like, is this the year Elliot Cadeau just gives the middle finger to draft history recently and says, I don't care if, you know, we have the Cade Cuttinghams out there, you know, little guys get it done too. I like Cadeau. I think he's a really fun player. I think his playmaking is, like you said, some of the most fun stuff in this class. That dude loves to throw a lob. Um, He is addicted to it. It's just constant, especially in the – is either the is either the high school or EYBL stuff, but he was just spamming the lob button. Um, but I, I think his playmaking, like out of the pick and roll and all, and isolation, because he's super quick, uh, really easy for him to get that leverage off that first step. He's just tiny, man. He's so small. He's so small. I want him to be good. I really want him to be good. But it wouldn't shock me if he just ends up being a stud college point guard and that there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Um, but the shot has to get better. The floater has to get better. The at room scoring instincts have to get better because you can tell he knows how small he is and he gets timid about scoring around the rim and kind of resorts to throwing tough lobs or tough kickout passes when there's a floater to be had. And I think he kind of got in his own head at times about it. He's going to a hell of a system to play in, though, for point guards at UNC. I think he could be a lot of fun. I just have a lot of questions. I still have him in the first round, but just the more I think about it, the more I get concerned. I get it. I completely get it. I've seen him struggle around the rim. I've also seen him put guys on the block and go to work and finish around the basket. So he's going to need – like, he's going to know – what people are worried about. He's going to have to show that he can finish around the basket. He has going to have to show that he can finish with some floater. He's going to, when you're that small and I know I I hate talking about this, but this is just the reality. This is what everyone's going to say. Like, okay, he's a small point guard. Everyone's going to do it. When you're that small, you have to be excellent in multiple areas. You have, there's zero room for error. There's zero room for error. So he's either got to be an unreal playmaker, which I think he will be Mm -hmm. this year. And he's got to shoot the crap out of it to start, like just to yeah. get the ball rolling on like, Hey, this is a top 20 guy. And I think he's a lottery guy right now. Like I have him 12. I know people would be like, well, that's great. I'm buying it. I think he's going to rewrite history and I love it. I'm, I'm doubling down on it, but to be serious, like I think he's going to be able to shoot it. I think he's going to be unreal playmaker and have fantastic feel. And he's going to be such an impact on that court. But then we're going to start really picking his game apart because although he might have those two abilities, what other area can we kind of bring out to be like, okay, he, he can be impactful here, whether it's, you know, off ball stuff or the floater or maybe some defensive stuff. He's, he's making good impact as a team defender instead of just, you know, isolation stuff. It's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to have to pick his game apart, but I, I think, just a really fun case study that I'm excited to to watch Elliot Cadeau and felt weird if I passed him up. I'm just, I got to give him some spotlight. So that's no, and, and this is the perfect episode to do that because that's yeah. the whole point of it. We're talking about guys that we love right now. Yeah. And I, I adore his playmaking and I really want him to be outstanding, but I mean, we didn't, we just kind of see this recently with Sharif Cooper. Yeah, we've seen a lot of it. 
we've 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 seen a lot of it. But when I watch Cadeau, the shot, the some of the creation stuff just pops to me more yeah, naturally than where I was with Kennedy Chandler, who I loved. And I was just like, screw it. If I'm wrong, Kennedy Chandler, I'm wrong. Like that was a guy. And then Sharif, you know, I know there's a lot of diehards out there about Sharif. Mm-hmm. I was never really there, but Same. I just watched Cadeau and he looks like a natural floor general that all of a sudden I'm buying is going to be able to shoot. I, I just, I watch him and I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm like, I don't care. Just throw it away. Unless he's five, five, then I'd be like, okay, <laughs> but he's, I just am buying it. So we'll see what happens. But, um, okay. We're, we're, you're up next. Okay. Uh, someone I've talked about a ton last couple of years going on year three of trying to get this dude drafted in the first round. Uh, Trey Alexander. It's his show at Creighton this year. Um, I, I just pl- Trey, please go pro. Um, what does he need to do? I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep asking NBA yeah. guys. I'm going to start asking that. Be be like, nice. Hey, I got a question for you. What the hell does Trey I, Alexander need to do? Okay. So I know the argument is going to be, Oh, well we need to see more on ball creation from him. It's like, okay, well last year that he his most frequent play type was a pick and roll ball handler. And he ranked in the 83rd percentile in it. Um, and he ranked in the 74th percentile shooting off the dribble. Um, those seem like pretty good numbers. Um, you know, not great as an isolation creator, but still 53rd percentile. Not a whole lot of sample size with that because Creighton doesn't do that ever. Um, pick and roll ball handler, including passes, 80th percentile. Those seem like really good on ball numbers. Okay. Well, it's like, well, he needs to be more consistent as an off ball shooter. Okay. Well, he ranked in the 92nd percentile in spot up scoring and ranked in the 90th percentile shooting off the catch. Those also seem like very good numbers. There's nothing that you can say about his defense because that dude is a menace on defense with his screen navigation, his versatility in the backcourt. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, I'm assuming it's a. Uh, questions about the system questions about what position is he actually is he a point guard is he a shooting guard is he neither is he a little bit of both but not all of one thing i don't know and then i also get scared because this is the exact exact type of player that just burns me year over year over year because i love some versatile combo guards but i i don't know that the he has had an extraordinary season last year and he had a really good freshman year um, especially after Ryan Nemhard got hurt and he took on the bulk of the playmaking and point guard responsibilities as a freshman uh, when he kind of broke into the starting lineup when he wasn't expected to all the kid does is play he's really good he produces constantly I'm excited to see what it looks like with him running the show um, I'm assuming him and Cock Runner will have a really solid two-man game going I'm excited for him. I love his game. He's, I think, in my lottery, maybe just outside. Yeah, right at the end of the lottery for me right now. Well, Fantasy Noob, shout out, earlier had uh, a question about point of attack defenders in this class besides Risha Share and Duwall. Do we think Trey's in that conversation, or do we just think he's just a mm-hmm. damn good defender? I absolutely love him. I don't get it. I watched him like a hawk 
yeah during the ncaa tournament because i was like what is the lack of buzz what is going on is this an intel thing where is it and i was watching him in that tournament and he stood out to me numerous games it's the best mm-hmm. guy on the court like, he just got to his places he worked he was patient and he was impactful all over the place and his numbers backed it up. I mean, me and you last year talked about how much we loved Kobe Bufkin. You were the first on that train. You got me on it. And I was like, I'm I'm all aboard. I'm never getting off this train. <laughs> and then you compare the numbers with those guys and Trey's right there. And he's got size. He plays tough. He's got wiggle. He's can shoot it. Like, I don't know. So, I mean, do you, do you think that highly of his defensive ability, Metcalf? Um, I'm not sure I'd quite put him in that class, but like if those guys were like tier A, I think he would be in like tier B. Okay. Um, okay. That's a good one. Just because I'm not, not quite, I don't remember what the wingspan is. I don't remember what the length is. He's not a super explosive athlete. I think it's great wingspan. I'm going to find it. I think he, I, he, I think he measured and I was like, whoa. I, that sounds familiar. Um, but like just his screen navigation, his footwork, his strength, his balance, it's all really, really good. He's just not, an uber explosive athlete. Um, So I don't know if people are overthinking that aspect of it. I don't know if they're overthinking kind of what I was talking about with Jared McCain, where I think he measured what? Six, four, six, six four and a quarter. And according to Tankathon, cause it just popped up right away. Six, 10 wingspan. I like that a lot. It was just another thing where I was like, what is going on? What is it? What is it? I I don't know. Did he come out and say that the notebook is a terrible movie? Like, what is it? Who, who did he offend? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> another pod um i don't know uh, i i think he's I a lottery him. guy i where do you I don't know him? what else uh, four, 14 um i have him at 16 okay moving on so you hate trey alexander it's fine yeah exactly that's the rules yep um you got so we're doing five and this is my fifth yeah why not i'm gonna go uh I was going to do one guy to give him some spotlight because I haven't really given him some spotlight. I'm going to just say Dylan Jones to shout out. Like mm. Everyone needs to get ready for the Dylan Jones experiences here, but I'm going to pick another one. But I think Dylan's going to have a fantastic yep. year. Love his tape. And last year doing the film sesh with Corey and Dylan Jones was one of my favorite things I've ever done for No Ceiling. So Miles Kelly is fifth, my guy. I'm just, I'm in. I'm buying it. I think this is, I told Metcalf before we record, I feel like this is going to be, who was the other name I used? I said, like, this is the Ben Shepard. This is the, oh, I blanked. I told you another name. Oh, like maybe the Julian Strother, like the movement shooter wing that sneaks up in the draft class that people start to get excited about. And I said, he's either going to be a early second round target that someone's wanting to add a shooter, or he's going to sneak up into the end of the first round. And um junior georgia tech good percentiles when you look at synergy on offense uh he's 87th percentile on catch and shoot he has an effective field goal percentage of 61.5 and then you look at the defense which is me and metcalf are sort of similar with the synergy defense where we're like that's a very fun number now let's go see if it actually matches the tape but he was 92nd percentile in half court defense He's around 6'6". Six, six. Um, I think he's like 185. Looks bigger. His body looks bigger than the weight. And I just think this is an upperclassman that he ended the year on 
a terror. Yeah. It's like 20 a game with almost like high 40, 40, 90 or something in his last seven games. I'm a big believer of if you close the year and you're just kicking ass, you have all of that confidence going into an off season of being like, this is my year to really send a statement and make some noise. Um, so I'm just, I think that's a little bit of a wild card to keep an eye on. So what I just want to dive a little deeper into what type of off ball shooter he is, because with a lot, again, I, I'm, I'm way behind on Kelly. So none of this is, directed to lead you in a certain direction or anything or an indictment on him by any means. Um, but a lot of the times with, you know, guys can really inflate their shooting numbers by just standing in the corner or, you know, it's a lot of standstill stuff where it's very, very basic stuff. Um, you know, Kelly ranked in the 96th percentile uh, running off screens, but he only had 28 possessions of it last season. So really low sample size beyond ball stuff you know 27th percentile pick and roll ball handler 15th percentile isolation is that more play style or were the was there a lot of really difficult shots that he was taking probably a little bit of mix of both i, I it's someone that i'm watching closely now because i'm thinking about writing about him but i want to make sure no one else is going to cover him but like watching him it's like the off ball stuff where he's like, he's constantly moving to get the better passing angle. He's not just standing still like hands up, like okay. hit me. It's like, no, let me adjust. Let me slide. It is coming around screens. It is movement. It's he just see, it might not be Julian Strother last year. It might be Julian Strother the year before he had that leap where we're like, okay, sure. he can shoot it. He looks fun. But then Strother came last year and was pulling up from five feet beyond the arc. And we're like, oh gosh, this is a bad man now. Um, I just think miles was, he looked like a guy that started to be like, it's a quick shot. It's catch and shoot lightning quick up. It's compact. I feel great about the form. He just looks like a guy now that's like, all right, I'm going to be extending it a little bit more. I'm going to be shooting off of every movement possible this year coming up, but you know, we'll see. Is that just going to be, you know, is he going to be a three and D guy or are we potentially going to get a little bit of like off the dribble creation this year right. where it's like, this is a more complete player, right? Which everyone's praising Julian Strasser in preseason and me and Metcalf oh, talked about how much we loved him last that. year. So it's really weird, but Strasser's doing it in preseason with his three point shot, but he's also throwing the floater up that we right. all loved as a prospect. So you can shoot the crap out of it, but you need to also have one more thing. Yeah. Or if they're running you off the line, what else are you doing? I think that's where Miles Kelly might be a sleeper for some folks, but I'm excited to see um, the rest of his game kind of develop. Where do you have him? I'll tell you right now, I've got him not high enough. Um, I need to update that part. I've got him at 38. Oh, okay. A um, couple names I wanted to bring up on this one, but um, that I have ahead of him, but I figured I'd, get a little bit of a sleeper so um this is my favorite thing because i always have to push you to go watch them so like i always for everyone listening i will literally hammer metcalf if he won't watch my guy i'll just be like have you watched them yet i'll text you be like would you please go watch him i want to know if i'm crazy <laughs> um okay so you have got one more sir the floor is yours i do this one also shouldn't surprise you at all and i'm, I'm going deep cut um KJ Adams 
<laughs> wow, you I, really did go deep cut. I love this dude. Um, I don't know what he is in the NBA. I don't know if he's an NBA guy because he's like a six eight center. Um, he might not even be that. He might be like six seven, which not ideal. Um, but you want to talk about winning basketball and doing the dirty shit that no one else wants to do? KJ Adams all day. He's a really good passer, awesome screener, good finisher on the roll and transition. Um, I would probably put him in that A tier of defenders. Um, just anything you need to be done, he's going to go out there and do it. I absolutely love how this kid plays. What does he need this year? A jumper. Okay. And it doesn't have to be like splashing threes or anything like that, but uh, you know, he, he experimented with a little mid range stuff a bit last year. Um, but a lot of his kind of mid post elbow play last year was facilitating and finding Grady Dick on back cuts and handoffs with Dwan Harris and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, which he was absolutely elite at. And then, you know, that also sprung open DHO keeper opportunities and he's skilled enough where he can attack, um, on straight line drives and then strong and explosive enough where he can finish through contact at the rim. Um, it's just the shot. I mean, he took 17 jumpers last season. If you're going to be that height, you, you got to be at least be able to make like an elbow jumper. Otherwise you become incredibly easy to defend. So I would love to see him, you know, if he came out and started splashing threes, that would be incredible. Um, but I don't, I don't anticipate that. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go drafted again. Um, but I just, I love, I love how he plays. He it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go drafted. He's a two way guy that gets picked up during summer league and then he gets on I an think actual he's only roster. Junior too, right? It, it, I'm telling you, this is a guy that ends up on a playoff team, and he's the ninth guy in a rotation, and somehow is sticks on the team for five years, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, Jay Adams really took another leap, and then he's just a a thorn in every opposing fan base's side in a playoff series. He just plays the game the yeah. right way. Some team's going to be like, oh, he can play. But with KJ, he has to be, if you don't have an offensive game, in which he he's like your, he's almost like your big man that's the size of a small forward. Like yeah, he's listed at 6'7". He yeah. But I, he's he shot 63% from two last year. And all of that is at the rim. If he could be just this lockdown defender and a smart player, you never know. You you really never know because some team will be like, "Hey, it could work here," but he's got to be that good defensively. He's got to be that. He's got to have other areas of his game. So, like, I, I get you. I've always loved KJ, but I've always been like, he just needs something he, offensively. He does, and he's he's just going into his junior year. So, if I had to put money on it. I would guess that he would be back for his senior year. But if you think I'm going to drop him out of my rankings until he (laughs) drops out of the draft, you are dead wrong. (laughs) Um, Give me a, give me a couple other names. You were, you didn't name, but you, um, we can say like two guys. Milos Uzan. um, Milos. I love Milos. Have him at 16. Adembona. I talked about him a ton. Um, Ryan Dunn for me. Very excited Um, about do we think he's going to shoot it this year? Yeah, I do. His defense was nasty last year. I, uh, I, I have him uh, in my top 60. 
I absolutely love him. I have him at 36. Ooh, that's how much I believe in okay. the shot. I, I, I think too. I think he's going to be really, really. I good. like it. Yeah. Uh, deep cut. Best name in the country, Gibson Jim Gibson Jimerson. That is the best name in the country. That's pretty pretty From damn San good. Lewis. A lot of okay. Max Scherz vibes. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. There's a lot of names. Um, a lot of names that I felt good about. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones I want to name here. The Deuce the Arrow is another guy. Corey just got me watching him early and months ago. And every time I watch him, I'm just like, I'm convinced this is going to be a fun piece in the second round for some team. Um, a lot of the international guys. I just, I'm trying to bring up new guys, but I don't know. That's all I got. Metcalf. Anybody else? No. Um, uh, Corey, i sorry. Albert okay. had a fantastic piece on Kwame Evans Jr. This year yes, yes. or t- today. Everyone go check that out. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, it was yesterday, but it's at noceilingsnba.com. And Metcalf's going to have a hot topic tomorrow. It's going to be Nikola Topic. I'm really pumped for that piece. And you had your video on him, which go check out the YouTube. Pretty pumped about that. Have mine coming up. Any Anything else? What do you got? Green Turn Room. Wolves looking good. Oh, Green Room. Green Room. Um, wow. Okay. Hit me with the hit me with the now that I'm back home, I can actually make the graphic and video. So hit me with who we've got. All right. So currently in there, we got Jacoby Walter, Alexander Sar, Ron Holland, Stephen Castle. In line, uh, in crutches and a boot, Donovan Klingen, uh, Garway Duell, Bronny James, and Justin Edwards. Um our inline curveball is such a good curveball for the year. Um what are your thoughts? Hit me with it. I'm thinking we got to go Justin Edwards. I think so too. Klingon one on both our boards. Yeah. By all accounts, he was running the show at Kentucky's pro day. Um, Sounds like. I think he rocks. My yeah, red. Justin should be in there. Okay. Um, Klingon with the boot, still paying off his medical bill. Um, by working as a bouncer on the side until he's cleared. Sounds like he's going to be um, cleared to open the year, but I'm still going to say, let's be careful about that one. I have yep. a feeling that it might be like, yeah, how about one more? How about you miss the first game? Um, or he might play 10 minutes and then they're like, you're good. <laughs> uh, do we right. want to just leave the line like it is, or do we want to, do we have to? Are we nominating yeah. one every week? Okay. Um, and if you if you don't have one to nominate, we're not going to force it and nominate guys who have no business being in line, even. But no, but it's a good thing to have in line. Um, it gives us more of a pool to pick from. Yeah, I'm nominate. not going to try to have it crazy where I'm like making a graphic and having you know artistic stuff. We'll get to that point down the road. If anyone wants to do that and they're really good at that, let me know. Also, sh- shout out to the comments talking about Alex Chewy. He has been awesome. Uh, I love in the NBL to start this year. Uh, very, very high on him. Um, salute, salute. Very, very, very close to my first round. Yes. Um, wow. Where do you have him? Uh, Mid thirties. Really proud of that. 
I was thinking of going to a therapist to say, I love Alex Tui and I don't understand why anyone does. And he could play that dude can play yeah. basketball. And I, I need everyone to stop thinking he's a next year guy. I think he's a gosh. Gonzaga would have been fun with him. Yep. <laughs> that, I pour one that, out for Gonzaga. That fans. decommittal is look looking or decommitment is looking uh, worse by the day for them. Um, okay. Who are you nominating? It's tough. It's tough. Um, you have anyone on the top of your head? I I got two names. Okay. Uh, you go. Hit me. Hit me with one. Um. Why do I feel like we need some? We need a foreigner. We need a. We need an. I know Alex Sar is there, but he played with OTE last couple of years. That doesn't count. We need. Well, we need who, who who did I just wax poetic about this episode? I know that's where I'm. Th- I'm that, saying that, is that, it, that. Yeah. Okay. Zachary. He he's my nomination. You know what? That's a good one because Zachary's in line, but he's one of the like. Wait, he's in line. Shouldn't he be in? But if Zachary keeps playing good, then we might have to revisit this, and he might just be in right away. I like that. Plus, like we need some, we need foreign relations. <laughs> I, I mean, Sar is from from France, but he, correct? He, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's yes, yes. Sar is from France. Um, we get another Frenchman in there. You know, they can they can talk to each other. Good, good relationship. Sar won't be out of place. Zachary, for someone who's been out of place or a little timid, now Zachary has someone that he can talk to. You know, different languages. Um, I like it. Were we putting them in line? Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a good one. I think he's like probably another good performance away from getting out of line. Well, let's see. I'm, I'm excited for you to catch up on this game. Yeah. I am actually pretty pumped. I got some stuff going on tonight, but I'm probably that's the late night film tonight. It's probably some Zachary film. I think that's good. Good line. All right, who's your who's do you have a nomination or no? Well, I was gonna nominate someone from overseas, but now I kinda wanna pivot and maybe do Well, we can have them battle it out in line. Or or admit multiple international guys. That that, that there are no rules here. There are no rules. I'll go Nikola Topic. Because <laughs> he's a hot topic. The line's buzzing. <laughs> the line is buzzing. Like we have to, it's a very, I mean, maybe we just make a graphic as just a whiteboard with names. Like we just, let's just get simple with it. And then we could be like in line and people can argue it out on, online on the line about the line. <laughs> Topic has to be in there, right? Has to not be in there. He has to be waiting. He's been too on fire. I, I don't understand how it happens. It's every goddamn game. He's putting up like 20 and eight and it doesn't make sense. The last game, he, I think, um, shout out Ignacio. I think Ignacio posted it. And like the first, it was the first clip he posted his highlights. And like the first clip, he puts a sequence on that. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like it was like an off the dribble got stopped, went back, put like a counter on a guy to get back towards him and finish. And I was like, if you're putting that in this, this is unreal. So 
It's also like every time he does that, you have to remember how big he is. Yeah. Where do you have him? His, Where do you have him? His understanding of angles is absurd. Uh, Where do you have him? 22. Okay. I have him in the 20s, and I feel like I'm being harsh on him. Do you buy the shot? Yeah. Why? I it, Because I think we get caught up. No, yeah, the, the shot I need to watch more. The thing with with international guys that I've found is I feel like we get too fascinated with the form of that. And I'm a big with like, okay, if yeah, it might look funky getting to a point, but it's like if it's consistent, the rotation, everything looks good with the balance and stuff, is it fine? It's it's like in baseball where it's like everyone can have a different setup to get to your swing. Like when you had like I'm just going down a little history path. Like Barry Bonds, Gary Sheffield, Vladimir Guerrero. You can have all have this different weird formats, credit council. But mm-hmm. when you need to get to business, what does your swing look like? And I feel like with basketball, with shooters sometimes, I need to watch him closely because, yeah, it's a little bit like herky-jerky and stuff, but it's like when you get to the point where it needs to be solid, are you consistent? Is everything the right way? And that's how I felt about you know, Tyrese Halliburton. I was like, I don't care if he has a catapult. Look at the numbers yeah, and stuff. And no. Topich isn't in that conversation. I'm just no, saying he's not I need to watch him. Multiple no, years in a row. I need to watch him closely. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll just give give you a little teaser on some of the the numbers okay, I ran okay, through yeah. for my piece. Um, so, are you buying it? Let's just. I know everyone's going to read it, but are you buying it? It's very early, but um, are you buying it or is it? I, I went out on the really courageous limb and said I don't know, um, uh, but I'm leaning towards. <laughs> Eh. Is um, this the is this the inside the three point line demon that you're hoping he hits two threes a game? Um, or are you hoping he goes two for four in a game from downtown to make a defense react and you're just like, okay, fine. Now he's a nightmare kind, because he hit a couple. Kind of, I guess. I mean so Giddy? Josh Giddy. So okay, so hold on. So he's taken <laughs> so he's taken 30 jumpers over six games 26 of those have been from three so there's absolutely no mid-range game and i think part of that is his you know his playmaking and how good he is at getting to and finishing at the rim so i I think there's some of that but a lot of it is that he doesn't separate at all and he has a really slow and kind of low release um but the form is consistent uh he's also shooting like 84 percent or something from the line so you know some encouraging indicators and taking four-ish three pointers a game, decent volume. So extrapolate that out throughout an entire season. That'll give us a better sample size, but he's shooting just 33.3 or 33.3% overall on jumpers and 34.6% from three um, for mega. Not bad. 85% from the line. Um, But if we go back to the summer with Serbia, um, I think that was the tournament where the floors were all messed up and wet and whatnot. So maybe take these with a bit of a grain of salt, but numbers were a lot worse. Uh, he, over those seven games, he took 30 jumpers uh, where he shot 13.3%. 21 of those were um, from three where he shot just 9.5%. So I don't know. It's a big question and something I probably won't have any better idea on for another month or two. Well, you're going to get 
teasers of it. And that's why I get patient with the overreaction is because he's been unbelievable. He's been fantastic. It's mm-hmm. like the dream start for an international prospect. But um, sometimes when you're like, people will point and be like, well, the lack of jumpers. And I, and then I'll be in my head. I'll be like, but is that because he's just like, I can be patient and get to the hoop when I want but eventually that's going to catch up because some smart defender is going to be like, I'm making you shoot the ball. Off right, the but dribble. then he does this shit. Yeah. And then he does that. So then you're like, okay, what's up? But like for, to me from there, that looks fine. It's just, are we going to get that off the dribble? Um, live dribble, shooting, pull up jumpers, right. uh, catch and, and I, shoot I moving. And you don't think we are, which is a problem. It is. But is That's this deep. a, like I said, Josh Giddy, because I'm like, is this the Josh Giddy thing where it's like, you're getting Topic to be an unbelievable playmaker and great field guy. And then you're hoping that when he's wide open like that, he says, I'm going to hit this and you have to come play me up. So then I can attack and create. But Giddy, I love Giddy and I'm not trying to compare them to, it's just, it, it, that's the tough thing with international guys. Like, yeah, he's put up huge numbers, but what happens if you take away his best ability yeah. scoring? Like what my big thing with, with prospects is why I don't just be like, Oh, I'm putting him top five. Cause he's playing great. Cause I'm like, if you take away his best ability scoring, like if you put one of the best defenders right now on him and he couldn't get to the basket, what is he doing? I don't know. Like, but we're going to have a lot of tape to watch this year. Like, let's just wait and see how teams adjust, how, how he does when they're playing him the second time around and, and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of, a lot of time to go, but fun talent, fun, film, very fun, very fun, very fun film. And I'm really pumped. I I've loved watching your YouTube video breakdown on him. I'm going to love watch or read in your piece on him. So everyone to make that, check that out. We got a lot of comments um during this about the preseason draft guide yes it'll be out soon um graphics are done the write-ups are about to be done just editing making sure it's perfect for you guys but i'm very happy with how it's going to turn out it's going to be a little bit more in depth this year i think the preseason one so we're pumped about that absolutely this was a blast you can find all of that um at no or follow us on Twitter at no ceilings NBA yeah. where everything gets shared out. So uh, he is Tyler Rucker at Tyler underscore Rucker. I'm Tyler Metcalf at T Metcalf one, one. This was a blast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and a five-star rating till next time. See ya.